<laughs> okay, good morning, Kat. Good morning, Shelley. How are you going this morning? Oh, I am super excited today, as you can tell, because today on Canatherapy, we got Nashan Cook from Nashan Cook Horsemanship in the USA. And and uh, you know, Kat, how excited I've been. We've, we've uh, been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this. <laughs> so, so excited. <laughs> so thank you for joining us, Nashan. Yes, thanks for having me. Oh, do I have questions for you? That's, so that's I want to give you... I'm not even going to let you say too much. I just want to start asking you questions, okay? Yeah. So um, my background is in my research was looking at um, at what people kind of how they construct arguments or descriptions or explanations and then kind of analysing their level of thought and the type of thinking they use, rational thinking, emotion thinking, intuition, stuff like that and how they draw it together. Now, out of all the voices in the equestrian world, no one um, kind of gets me super intrigued than you uh, (laughs) because your ability to... The way that your mind works, I can see is extraordinarily different. Your use of language is beautiful. That's all I can say. And different, right? So when I look at that, I'm so intrigued to learn a little bit more about you sure. and your background. Where the hell did you come from? Like this fusion of, 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 of ideas that you can put together with the interesting use of language, I find just intriguing it's extraordinary so I want to know about this so Nashan can you tell me about your background where does this come from is anything I'm saying ringing a bell for you in uh, I, I I think that um it's it's always it's always the strangest thing how kind of the thing that set you apart as a kid as yeah. like super weird is and 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 made life really lonely as you grow up is kind of what what allows people to see into your world if you have the courage not to let it go yeah you know it becomes um, a superpower yes a little niche. You, you know I mean and I think that I think that um you know my mom always kept books around and exposed us to a whole lot of different types of people mm. and different types of activities and um and and just always made sure we had like art projects in the house and all of that stuff um you know and I think too um it's just been it's just been learning how to figure out the world in a way that makes sense to my head mm. well you know very, very good what what because let me tell you some nuts and bolts stuff about how people learn especially about horses right you only can see what you know to see right? Your brain can only see it if it can actually register it uh, and Mm. know that it's significant. And part of when you're being, when you're trying to teach someone something is to try and get them to see something. And to do that, you got to kind of, you got to basically create like a, a light bulb moment, or as it's technically called is a threshold concept. They've kind of got to pass through a bridge to actually see something and understand it. And and getting someone over the bridge to see something. So you can explain something, you can show something. It doesn't mean that it switched the light on and they've got them to cross the bridge. But yeah. your use, how you go about it, it's like everyone, you know, can't, well, like just say a majority of the, the language that we use, 
with horses and and training them and stuff like that it's it's very similar type language but then you come in and you use these kind of different descriptions and this different way in that I think is really has been able to and I just just for my own clients is been able to turn some light bulbs on just by yeah, using yeah. a little this different this difference I, within yourself I think the I think the thing is is that I, I like it I, my head and my heart aren't at odds with each other yeah yeah yeah. You know, um they they trust they trust the other to fill in the space that the other one has left. Yeah. Um and so it's just like <clears throat> it's just like you know, your right foot and your left making it able for you to walk down the sidewalk. Yeah. You know? Um and 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 because one can depend on the other to do its job, you always get where you're going. Yeah. You know? Um I think though that um I feel the world very intensely yeah. in my, in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, that's, that's that more than anything else. Um, you know, that's one of the big reasons why it took me so long to get back to you because like, I have to, I have to register in my body, how people's questions make me feel to yeah. know if it's a safe thing to do or not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know? I mean, and so like, that's, that's kind of how I, that, and then, then I have this whole process and it's just ridiculous. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do it. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. And so, you know, I mean, and there's this whole, there's this whole, uh, 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 sorting out process of, 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 of just until I can just feel it in my body and how it makes me feel. And if it registers, then yeah, then I'll go with it. And if it doesn't, then I won't. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's really interesting because what a, a a lot of life does to a lot of people is to kind of disconnect this. <laughs> so disconnect the feeling of your body and how things make you feel and disconnect it kind of as a protective mechanism. But it yeah. sounds okay, like you, add- you allow <laughs> yourself to feel that and allow yourself to feel the meaning from it. Is is Have I interpreted that correctly? Yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> because I can't, you know, and I think that it's, 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 it's for the longest time, because I felt so much, I, what I would say really wouldn't make sense to people. Yeah. And so like, I had to learn, <clears throat> I had to learn how to use language in a way that was comprehensible mm. uh, so, so that I wasn't so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, enough. I mean, because, because at the end of the day, just like at the beginning, it's all about, you know, relationships and the quality of those relationships uh, and the effect that the quality of those relationships on our, on, on the qual on our life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so there was all of these, there was all of these things that um, there was all of these things that didn't make sense, except when I talked about horses. Yeah. Right. Like horses, horses, they 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 are they are my bridge to the world and they're a metaphor by which i understand the world you know um and and um and 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 i think because um 
I, I, they, I can, I can understand, I can understand a lot the spaces that they feel from, you know, um, and, 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 um, and it just, it allows you to see, it allows you to, it allows you to see people, um, and to comprehend people in situations beyond just looking at them you know what I'm saying it allows you to integrate the situation or the moment or the circumstance into your into your bones yeah you know and and it's a and it's a really interesting thing because you know because it resonates in your whole body like there are moments where you you when I'm teaching where like I, I hear, I, I'm able to hear parts of people's life story, Um, you know, and, and so I'm able to, I'm able to work out of, out of that feeling space that they've made available, maybe unconsciously, um, but in a way, in a way that needed to be affirmed so that they could move into what I was asking them to do. Yeah, this is interesting. So let me get this right. So as when you were younger, you were surrounded by lots of books and and, and I words. still am. Yep, yeah. and still am. And then horses and then this ability that you, you like unlike like I don't know, a majority of people that learn to shut off listening to their body, you you've allowed that. You allowed that feeling. And horses Well my mom told me always to trust myself. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I think that. that comes from your mom. <laughs> yeah, my mom, my mom, my mom told me always, always trust myself yeah. and to, and to, and, and like, and like, and like, you know, like your feelings are also your voice, mm-hmm. just like your thoughts are. And, yeah. and, and like, if they're talking to you, then you listen to what they have to say, because mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, those are the angels guiding your way yeah beautiful yeah and then horses have allowed you to be able to help articulate that to make connections now can I ask you I'm so interested in how how did horses get into your life how did you discover them well I'd always had an affinity for them um I think that those were I think that horses were one of the things that I was um born into the into this life understanding really really well yeah um and and um so I but I started riding when I was 13 mm. um at a at a at a, a a program for inner city kids that didn't have access to them oh, cool. um it was a it was a nonprofit um called the urban farm at Stapleton in the middle of Denver yeah um and uh, and so I started when I was 13, and they uh, hired me to start teaching and training when I was 15. Holy moly! <laughs> yeah. Um. And then and then I taught from like 15 to 18, and then I went to university, and I didn't really ride then. Um and started graduate my graduate studies and and didn't like that and so traveled and then when I was in Thailand um it just so happened that there was a a sport horse uh stud right across the street from my um condo 
in 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 Bangkok, right mm-hmm. out in the suburbs of Bangkok, um, and um, and you know, and I ended up there, and 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 if, and was there for like two years, and then I came back home. Yeah. Yeah. So where did you learn your classical dressage skills? So I learned I learned uh, that at the urban farm. I had a teacher named Cynthia Spalding. Mm. who was trained who was trained um by a a man one of her teachers was a german man named gunner ostergaard um really old school german um um you know that kind of finesse that kind of finesse beautiful old school german (laughs) and then um i i had a teacher named jean-francois favier who uh, was uh, a member of the Cadre Noir and showed horses in hand in the airs above the ground. Yeah, wow. wow. Okay, so, and so he would, they would they would come like once a month to Colorado yeah. and then they would and, and I would take lessons from them. Yeah, wow. So you really from the get-go got got you know you found a place with very good kind of skills to learn, you know, from 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 the Yeah. Get-go. Yeah, I think that and 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 just I have a, you know, and I just had a, a and I had a pretty natural propensity to I had a I've always had a, a pretty good seat. Um and and like when we jumped, we like we like learned to jump with no hands and all that yeah. craziness. Yeah. You know, I mean, so really made sure that we were we were really safe and um they exposed us to all different disciplines and gave mm-hmm. us choices on on what we wanted to do and so it was it was super super cool and then um and then books like i read a lot and mm-hmm. and, be, and it was super super helpful because um i was able to you know all the horses in that program were donated horses so they were oh, horses man. that nobody else wanted yeah. and so that's what um kind of gave me uh, you know, it was, I was able to test to see if this was real or not on, on these less than ideal bodies, you know? Yeah. yeah. So when, you know how, like, you've got this really good connection between your mind and your body, right? You allow it. So horses, so you're able to really feel them as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So That's tell me, of, what, where, sorry, when did, where, sorry, when did you discover that? When did you first start feeling that? Was it something they discovered from the get-go or did it grow? Yeah, it's always yeah. been there. I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what it meant in the beginning. Yeah. You know, I didn't know what it meant in the beginning. And I think it was just because, you know, my brain was still growing. Yeah. You know, there was, I just, I just didn't know um, what it meant. Um, but, um, you know, when I came back home, I was, when I came back to the States, I was what, 29. And that's when I started working with horses that had, I mean, they just showed up like major biomechanical issues. Mm. And it was just really, 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 really weird. Um, some uh, Sometimes how the information comes, like sometimes like I can feel, I can feel the space in my body where like there was one horse that I had even this two years ago who came from California and his back was swollen. And then, you know, one morning I wake up and my back is just on fire and I go down to the barn and start doing my chores and, you know, the swelling is gone. 
you know, I mean, and so they're like, and so it's, it's sometimes it's, it's, it's the ability to kind of take that away from them if they, if they don't know how else to uh, 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 let that go. There's a horse that I have now. Um, well, two, and you know, there the path forward with them. They both came in. Um, the, the little Mustang Arrow came in about a year and a half ago, and she couldn't walk really. Her stifle or her meniscus was really, really in bad shape, and um, the prognosis wasn't good. And when she felt safe, like I had a dream, and she and in that dream, I saw the whole. It came in like three month slots on like the progression of work and what needed to happen. And as I followed it, when we got to the point, there would be another dream at night and it would be the next three months. And, and like she came in not being able to be ridden. And like this summer, they took multiple trips to South Dakota and the Black Hills where they were like doing 10 miles a day. That's yeah. Incredible. Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, and, and, and then I have like a Missouri Foxtrotter now, who's the same way he has, um, he has bone on bone arthritis. Yeah. Um, in, in his passing. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, it's the same thing. Like it's, it's just been, he, he's, he's guided me in dreams and, and has shown me the way through. Yeah. So can I ask you, so I was so interested in that case because I saw it on your social media. So he's got bone on bone arthritis. So how is the, um, what's the process of what are you actually doing? Cause you're actually working muscles and ligaments. So what are you actually doing to support that? Do you know what's actually Building. happening? Yeah. Well, I don't know what's actually happening, but I do know <laughs> what I'm doing. Yes. Um, and, and I do know that he's getting better. And yeah. a lot of, his, a lot of his process has, because he would come and he just could, I mean, he could not walk really. Mm. Um, and so there was, and, and like, I had gone through everything that I knew and I, and, and, and then I started dabbling a little bit <clears throat> with, uh, Francois Boucher's, um, flexions and the, and the flexions of the jaw and the pole, mm. um, and the lateral flexions. And, and every time, um, every time I was able to start flexing him, I could see his back start to move you know you could see the muscles start to trigger and then and then his right hip for some reason would just pop hmm. and so and every time that that happened like we would walk and he would be sound for four or five he would not be gimpy for four or five steps hmm. and then his back would invert and collapse and he would do it again and so I figured I figured that if I could activate his back muscles with Boucher's flexions at the halt and build his back muscles at the halt, then I could change the way that he was in. I, I, could, I could engage and activate his thoracic sling, which would change the angle of his yeah. elbows um, because he's like slew footed. And so yeah. if I brought the elbows out, then that would put the angle of the pastern on a more correct trajectory and sure enough, it started to happen. Wow. Yeah. And so yeah. that started, that started, he came to me in April yes. and like, it was, it was really beautiful um, because his people, they said it used to be a really, it used to be a really rare occurrence when he wasn't gimpy. And now it's a really rare occurrence if he is. 
Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So he's totally um, just completely changing the way that he he's put together, how he moves, his brace, mm-hmm. his bones, everything like that, yep. his sexual posture. And just yep. by slowly. So how often do you do would you work him? Was it is it a daily thing? Once, once no, once a week for an hour. Yeah, wow. They, just that. They, and then- they, they, they trailer him down. They trailer him down almost two hours every week. Wow. Wow. It's a four hour round trip for them. So it's a yeah. whole day. Yeah. Do they carry on with what you were doing during the week or they just allow him to in the beginning? Yeah. In the beginning they did. Um, but um now now that he's moving around well for the mm. most part, um now that he's moving around well for the most part, like he's just mo- he's he's working himself. He's doing great. Yeah. Well, that's that's so cool. Uh, you know, and it's it's to be honest, it's only in the last few years that I really got a bit more of an appreciation of dressage. I think I was like kind of the majority of the world that saw dressage as just, well, I thought, first of all, it was cavalry moves. Right? Then, um, you know, then I thought it was some kind of cavalry moves and kind of obedience and being able to control the, you know, horse's body. Cause I just saw the sport, you know, that's all I, that's all I saw. And I kind yeah. of didn't appreciate that the movements were actually like yoga Pilates. You know, they're actually therapeutic. They're actually deliberately triggering or doing something to build a certain part of the horse. And Indeed. it sounds like you're a bit of a master of that. And using the pedestal, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Can yeah. you tell me so, about what that does? Yeah. So it basically it basically just builds up the core the core muscles yeah. and the back, the, the, the rectus abdominis, the, the upper, middle, and lower pectoral muscles. Um, it, 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 it builds the thoracic sling. It also starts to create space in the mm. spinous processes yeah. um, and length and lengthen the body. Um, and, and more importantly, um, when they come more to when they come to a more correct posture by way of the pedestal chiropractically it helps keep their them in alignment yeah um so and behaviorally like I didn't really get turned on to that until my mare Mohawk who was an enigma for three years and just like now has like bought into feeling better <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's a point as well isn't it they have to want to get better <laughs> yeah, yeah there's nothing without their permission yeah. right um mm. nothing nothing without their permission um and so and 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 sometimes and sometimes you know the they need to just wait and feel safe enough to try for you and other times they just don't want to do it. And like, I have to honor that too. Yeah. You know, it's like, where do you want to go? And, mm. and, and so, you know, um, and, 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 and yeah, but with her, she used to, she used to, when I got her, um, she had incurred a pelvic fracture and also a cranial fracture and in two separate instances and she was <laughs> rescued from the kill pin uh after after being put off the racetrack yeah um 
And so, but there was this one that she, she, you know, because her, because her, her, her because of her pelvic fracture, she had like a lumbar bump mm. and, and a, and a hunter's bump and her coccyx was really kind of dropped, which made her hamstrings really tight. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, and it kind of kept her, it kind of kept her stuck. And, yeah. and so, you know, you think about like, you think about, you know, a tight, a tight mind is usually a tight spine, a okay. tight back. Mm-hmm. And that's always usually expressed in, you know, the mind, the, the mind is always usually reflected in a horse's mouth when they're being worked. Yeah. Um, but it was really, really, really interesting um, because because of the cranial fracture and all the stuff that was going there, like, you know, nose bands and, um, yeah. you know, side pulls and stuff, they wouldn't work. And yeah. um, and I think that because of the uh, the the tightness in her hamstrings, the fascia from her, the, those fascia lines from the. Uh, hyoid back to the hind legs I think maybe something was wrong with them just because she didn't have full range of motion and so I I I noticed that every time I brought her out she would rear and when I didn't look at it as a behavior problem even though it was horribly horribly dangerous as soon as she came down she would lick and chew and yawn and I realized that she was giving herself relief She she was loosening her muscles up um, yeah. And so I started putting her on the pedestal yeah. and, and she started getting better. Yeah, um, and, and, um, and it was, and it's been really interesting because it opened up her hips, which opened up her, her thoracic spine, you yeah. know, and then, and then because the hips opened the, the abdominal muscles were toned, which started to open up the, the lumbar spine and the stifle started to get conditioned. And when she came in, she, her right leg kind of, her right hind leg was like jetted out at like almost a 90 degree angle mm. um, from her other one. But like now she's parallel and it's yeah, been, only, yeah, it's been like three and a half, three and a half years. Um, and it's just, and I got her to see if I could fix her, that lumbrosacral junction. I got to see if I could fix her back. And, yeah. and like, and like now we're starting to get a regularly shaped spine. Yeah, how about that? Just from two yeah. Days. So can I ask you? So you've healed a body, and how has a mind come along in that journey? Well, I think that I think that um, I think that the body. Well, one, I think that there are two minds, right? I think there's mm-hmm. the head mind, and I think that there's the body mind. Yeah. You okay. know, I think that I think the body has its own intelligence, and yeah. I think that and I think that for horses, just like people who have some trauma. Like sometimes the brain, the head mind doesn't know what the body mind is yeah. saying, yeah. you know? And so the thing is, is that like when, you know, the, the important, you know, the, 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 the thing is with like that my mare is that there were certain times when, you know, you would touch certain parts of her back and she would really, really get um, really, really offended. I don't know if it hurts so much, but she just got really, really offended. And so what I did is that I started tapping her back with the tennis ball and, okay. and there, and, and, and just because, you know, I just wanted to, I just wanted to see what would happen. Mm. And what was so strange one day, and one of my students was in the, 
was 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 with me in the in the barn when I was doing that. Her, I was just tapping her back and she started to lick and chew and yawn and take those deep blinks. And then there were tears that started to fall from her mm. eyes, <laughs> you know? That's and so like, mm. yeah. And so there were, there was like this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful connection. And like, as that started to happen, ironically, the bump where she had her cranial fracture started mm. to go down. Yeah. 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 And so like it was, it was, you know, and so it's just me nerding out in my barn with my horses <laughs> and things. Conducting and seeing what happens. Yeah. And seeing what happens, you know, I mean, because the thing is, is that like when the vets tell you that there's nothing more that they can do and the, and they don't like body work and it's dangerous for the chiropractor and they don't want to be put to sleep, like the only thing you can do is follow them to the places they allow you to go. Yeah, I love that. You woke, and you woke, it sounds like you woke up and kind of healed that part of the body, got it functioning again. And I think yeah. maybe connected it back to her brain a little bit, reminded yeah, and, her and that she still had that part of her body. That she still has that part of her body. Yeah. And the mm. interesting thing too about that is that she started her, her you know, as, as, and it's, and, and it took about two years of just working those muscles in her body but mm. like as the as the lumbar bump started to lower we got we instead of the 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 length in her back being taken up by that bump she actually got more longitudinal length and and her coccyx started to lift mm. and it, it, and it was really really brilliant because she started using her tail again right her tail yeah. was swishing it was swishing around when she was just standing still and it was just like she was being reintroduced to her body, which was really, really cool. Isn't that interesting? The the quote this is got well, it's kind of a saying, and I'm going to say it all wrong. I think it's a Thomas Edison quote. It's like what you've just highlighted is when you think something's a lost cause, it's not. You know, you've just shown that it's just like you just chipped away at it. <laughs> just chipped away yeah. at it. Explore, explore, experiment, experiment. Well, because she wanted to be here. Yeah. And I figure that, and, 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 and like when you're around horses that have been hurt enough, like yeah. there are some horses that just don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and so what I was really, really excited about, and we had a wonderful celebration because we're, you know, it's freezing cold outside and I don't like to ride them when it's super cold, but, um, but I, I also really enjoy watching them play just because it's cool to see them conditioning their bodies to the cold but um I was I I took her out and lunged her for a bit because going off of that idea that like the mind is a reflection of the back and yes the, that was and is, and is always and is always expressed in the mouth like when we start getting the back healthy and the mind is having trouble changing then then we can go to the mouth and so it was yes. really, really interesting because um, she, you know, she, you know, it's sometimes, you know, when you're learning how to navigate yourself out of a traumatic memory, yeah. how to narrate yourself out of a memory, like, you know, there's just, especially horses, they, they're, there's just mouth stuff that happens. And so it was really interesting. I, I put a, I put a nose band on a, a, a loose, um, drop noseband and attach the cheek of a, her snaffle uh, to the lunge line. And as soon as there was that boundary for her mouth and her back started to open up, she went into this lovely, 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 stretchy, chewy trot. And mm. um, 
I trotted her over just to raise Cavaletti, and it's the first time that she jumped it. Her back is healthy yeah. enough to start jumping. Oh, that's exciting. That's, um, yeah. that's such a yeah, really amazing story of chipping away and kind of not giving up and exploring and putting this horse back together and allowing its body to heal and watching the progress and observing it all happen. Beautiful, yeah. That's how I know dressage is real. Yeah, absolutely. Now I've got to ask you this question. <laughs> the impact oh, sorry i got 595 you know like, i'd be doing six million podcasts later and i've still got now sean i've got another question for you the <laughs> impact of the person on the horse oh tell me Jeez. yeah um one i think it's just fair to say that horses carry so much for us mm. most of which we don't even realize yeah we're asking them to carry yeah um i have i have it's really really interesting how um so many how some people come to horses um trying to find a piece of themselves that mm. they aren't familiar with or that they felt that they've lost. Um, and, and, and how, how sometimes it, you know, there's expectation that's brought to horses and, and some people don't realize the process and the amount of time that it takes to understand a thing and there, and because of the expectation and that expectation isn't met, like there's this resentment for themselves that gets reinforced and then yeah. they're not possible. And then it becomes some unsolved thing that takes them back to another place in their life that they never even knew there was a problem with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, and so um, I think that for me, the major thing is is to acknowledge the, the story that the body is telling us in the moment that we're in with horses when we're trying to move with them. Yeah. Um, because a sound horse is a relaxed rider, plain and simple. Yeah, I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> you know, a yes. sound horse is a relaxed rider. Yeah. Um, and so, and I mean, and, and so if we go back to that point mm. of, you know, the back, you know, the, 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 you know, a, a tight back being a tight mind, like if the rider isn't relaxed and the horse's back then becomes inhibited and then we start getting this anxiety and then the horse goes up and the horse and the rider goes higher. And then we have the beginning of shutdown because now we have to win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. it's usually, and it's usually, and sometimes it's out of just a, it's a trigger from the past that the horse ignites in a movement and the person just mm -hmm. gets taken back. Yeah, yeah, they're triggering that sense of out of control or having to protect themselves or. Yeah, and, and the thing yeah. is, is that I think that where, I, where I'm really starting to come into a place of understanding is that power and connection aren't, mutually exclusive things and yeah. that for them and that for them to be and for that them to be 
for them to be really effective, one needs the other. And neither yeah. one of them, neither one of them live in strength. Neither one of them live yeah. in that expression of control. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, the, the expression of control over the other. Yeah. And you I think that saying? that comes into play when you try to have control over the other one and we're scared of their emotions. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're trying to have control over the other is you really running from yourself. Yes. Yeah. And then how, and then how horses run from people who are running from themselves. Yes. You know? And so then, and so then behavior then be so like for example i had a lesson last sunday where this horse just was having a really hard time going forward and and there was nothing wrong with the horse what happened was is that the rider is being trained to ride with a stomach that's too tight which is contracting the glutes which mm-hmm. is shutting the stifles down behind the horse's back mm-hmm. so they can't bring the hind legs completely under and thus they can't lift the shoulders out of the way. Yeah. And, and so like the rider was like, should we get a whip? I was like, mm, no, nah, let me get on and see what's going on. And as soon as the belly was released and the lower back, my lower back was let go of, the horse's hind legs were able to come into my rib cage. And then we had the swing in the back. And like, yeah. that's, that's all the problem was. Like the horse literally didn't understand how to answer the question Mm. with from but answer the question from how the rider's body was asking it yeah the rider you know? was helping the horse make sense yeah <laughs> was blocking it yeah yeah, yeah. and so yeah. and so the thing is is that it's and, and so the thing is is that like in 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 like and i think that that's where it's important because like it sounds really cool that like you know the 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 your your you know your your glutes can control the stifles and isolate the lumbar spine but like until you see it and experience it empirically like it doesn't hold any importance but the consequences for horses are so huge if right you because you, you realize that like that horse is being corrected for a problem we've created yes, yes. She's, so she's, then they're getting a smack not well, they're yeah. getting double bind messages she's not going forward because our body isn't creating space for her body to do that. Yes. Yeah. And then there has to be the awareness that that's actually what happening to the person to stop doing that, to aid the horse. Yeah. And I think that for me, like, that's kind of where taking that information in my body is super, super important. Cause yeah. like I can, I can feel it and I can say, Hey, like, how about you let your belly out and relax your glutes a little bit, and then the horse's back will come up. And I think the, I think that the main thing that I'm seeing so much of today is that one, so many people are afraid of softness. Oh, explain that more. I Why think, are they afraid? Uh, because control doesn't live in softness. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No control. Yeah. You know, they think there's so much that has to be done to get something done when usually the answer is less. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a a kind of a misconception that we make horses do stuff instead of communicate so they can do it themselves or set them up. Yeah, I think, and I think the horse and rider and teacher thing is a a trip take. Like, I think it's the holy communication uh, process um, where, where, 
where where my job is to try and help people trust the information that their bodies are giving to them from the horse mm. it's it's all about it's all about trusting the body's intelligence okay yeah yeah because and i think the the body's intelligence from both both the horse and the and and yeah. yourself and it's yeah, i think it's I mean, that sorry, or, go ahead. oh sorry <laughs> sorry there's that awareness that it's actually occurring and to be able to feel it yeah and I think that for me like that's again like I think that that's the that's the uh, you know the problem is is that people are trying too hard yeah okay they're 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 trying too hard and and instead of allowing something to happen you know instead of opening a door for horses to walk through and allowing that to happen they're pushing them into a brick wall yeah yeah oh very cool and it shows up I mean it shows up in it shows up in back problems and bit problems and then hoof problems right like it shows up in all of these things and like and like we have we have we have all of these and 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 you know and and there's and and there may be a whole bunch of different ways to try and fix the issue but there's no escape from the cause (laughs) you know what I'm saying and it's like when we when we when we have the patience enough to stop being afraid of time Mm. and start seeing horses for horses instead of ourselves yeah you know then then our, our 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 you know then then no is useful because yes is true <laughs> you yeah. know what i'm saying no i love that hey just what you said then was afraid of time People yeah afraid of time that it yeah. that it takes they're trying to rush there mm-hmm. and yeah that- and it takes longer there anyway and it's and it's like you're wasting more time rushing than you yes. are taking the time that it takes yes yeah, yeah and enjoying that particular time yeah I mean yeah yeah and I think that that's the thing is like you know I think that I think that I think that I think that people rush it I think that people rush it because they want a love story yeah yes you know they (laughs) rush it because they want a love story and not a and not a a, and not a a life one not a life story instead of a life story yeah See, where does that come from in your mind? <laughs> it's just like that ability to draw that connection with that and to see that truth. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Oh, so many more questions. It's like I've got even more questions. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So my next question. All right. Oh. So many, where do I start? Okay, so if you were going to have like your message to the world today that everyone could start doing something today to um, assist this dynamic that you see of how it all interplays, what would be your advice today? If if everyone could just like start doing something today or stop doing something today, what would it be? Well, I think it would be an invitation to just first start breathing fully into the body Mm -hmm. and to, and I think, and and I think that this is, it's kind of anticlimactic, I think. Um, But, you know, and, and see where those tight spaces are 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like breathing into those tight spaces, if you put your mind into that tight space and you breathe into it, sometimes you will find an emotion. Mm. And if you breathe into that emotion, sometimes you find the memory from the past that's hiding there. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of burrowed, burrowed itself in your bones. Mm-hmm. And like, at, you know, and, 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 and just using the breath to invite it to soften and move on its way. Yeah, pro- like to actually be processed instead of hanging yeah. around, regress yeah. there. And I think yeah. you talked about this the other day, Shelley, when we caught up and had the clinic was that with your PTSD, what was the podcast you were listening to? And it said that the trauma finds a place in your body that it stays. Yeah, well, that's what Nashan just, just yeah, yeah, yeah. talked about. Yeah, when the, when the, when you can't, when, uh, and you can, Nashan, you might be able to correct me, but this made um, a lot of sense for me because it, just a little after, I've been in four armed holdups. Oh, wow. And, and one was quite nasty, you know, one's quite nasty where I kind of got dragged around with a gun in my head and, and stuff like that. And I noticed that after that incident, every time, well, it was really bad for months and months and months afterwards that every time I heard like a sudden noise or whatever, I felt like I got full on electrocuted, like I'd stuck my fingers in a plug, you know, and got electrocuted. But it lessened, but that podcast when I was listening to it, about how traumatic experience if you can't process them whether it been when you're very young or older or whatever if your mind can't process it it goes and sticks itself in your body somewhere and that's yeah. what you were just talking about it's yeah, like finding up I, I know my arm holdups live here yeah here this they live it lives in here yeah because this when it gets triggered that's that hurts yeah we should I say mean, that's in your hands and your knuckles people on the podcast yeah. can't see that and I I think that in that moment like if we have a moment on our horses where for some reason Mm. we feel like we may be out of control that's where we get hard yeah Yeah. and then that's where that's where then we um we we uh we we impart our trauma onto them yeah um you know and I think that and I think that and I think that it's a really important thing to understand that everybody has something. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I, and I, and I mean, because the thing is, is that like, you know, you know, I think the thing also that I find in the horse world, just in general, is that so many people want to hold some teachers up to, as an example of everything that they're not. And they do it out of a glorification of it. And I think that in not allowing that to happen for me, it's just really, it really makes it hard for people to run away from themselves if they choose to come and work with me. Yeah. My job, my job is to see and to say what I see Mm -hmm. and to guide people through yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not, and it's not, it's not easy. Just like anything worthwhile is not easy. Yes. You know, and I think the thing is, is that like the important thing is, is that, you know, my greatest, my greatest accomplishments as a teacher, my greatest accomplishments as a teacher mm-hmm. really come 
when I'm able to help people understand as a riding coach that mm. like to give your horses, uh, to, for your horse to give you its body like you want your horse to give you its body, you have to give your body to your horse in that way. Mm. And there are going to be walls that we come to that look like they're made out of iron. But like when you touch it, you really realize it's just silk and you can walk right through it. Yeah. So do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So, uh, so you're working with someone. So tell me about that. You're teaching, right? You're teaching someone and they're revealing stuff about themselves that they don't even know they're doing. Is that because you can see how they're responding or how the horse is responding or how they're reacting or Sometimes, a combination of both? It, it just depends because sometimes I can feel it in my body and images pop up. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it, 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 and sometimes I just feel it in my body or yeah. sometimes it's just a hunch, you know, I mean, or sometimes the horse visibly changes when I ask the rider to move the breath to a certain place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and you realize that like, you know, like if you're teaching a horse, if you're maybe like going from the school, school, school walk to the pee off, like if, if that rider is, is, is locked in and and they're stuck in their groin and the breath can't go down like that could be the difference between that horse learning that movement correctly or not or even being able to learn the movement there's just no room there's Mm. no room in the horse in the rider's body for the horse to offer that movement Mm. and I think that this is where this is where kind of like working with working with the broken horses and you know, back, bringing them back to health has been really, 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 really helpful in my understanding of the formation of dressage outside of abstraction. Like horses only move healthier where there's room for healthy movement to be. Mm, Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, and like, and some of them will try really, really hard to create tight spaces in your body to support dysfunctional movement. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because the, because because the the memory of the muscle says this is where we're supposed to go. Yeah, okay. You know, mm. and so and so and so like, and then you have, and then you then have the trauma of that horse that that is playing out, and all of it, all of it, all of it is is very much alive in the memories that the muscles are holding. Yeah. You move afraid, then you are afraid, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like that's yeah. that's that's it. Just you know? Answers. Yeah, that allows so like, body. And so it's like, yeah. and so it's like, you know, where is the space then for for how can I create space for you to to when you're afraid to not react in a way that reinforces that this is what you should do, right? And so like for me, like it's in, in, in helping horses through that, like I'll walk in my thighs so that the horses, the horses hind legs can move my hips and my back begins, my body begins to move with the rotation of the horse's back. So there's everything that I can do coming to a space where I can try and help them be as healthy in that moment as possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. So yes. when you're talking about that, you're talking about when we're sitting on them and your pelvis yeah. is walking with them. Yeah, my thighs, you know, your yeah. thighs, your thighs move in line with the shoulders. 
your seat, your seat bones move in line with the hind legs. And it's just understanding, you know, and, and, and then you begin to be able to listen with your body and you can feel where the horse's hind legs are in your body. You yes. know what I'm saying? Because you're totally, totally available to, to what the movement at that moment means to the horse. Yeah. You, can you know, influence. When you're coaching, do you do a lot of that? Just getting people to get on and feel, yeah, get indeed. their bodies to move, yeah. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that that's then where the cobwebs start revealing themselves because, like, you know, just like with horses, resistance is not bad behavior. Resistance is protection. Yeah, yeah. You know, protection. yeah, it's protection, oh, and so it's like, and so it's like, oh, if we can't move there. Like what's going on? And I didn't really realize how powerful it was until I was in Michigan last September and I had a rider come in who had spina bifida. Mm -hmm. And so she had lost control or feeling in her legs below the knee. Mm -hmm. and, and it was really, really cool by, by kind of coaching her through how to use her body and allowing her thighs to follow the horse's shoulders and allowing her seat bones to be lifted up by the horse's hind legs. She said that she had felt muscles in her back that she'd never felt before. Yeah. Wow. Just allowing the horse to move. Yeah. To, and, and like, and like open and open the body up and the horse and like they were able to start trotting and then, and then the rider got off the horse and went back into the wheelchair. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, but we had gotten to that point to where we, you know, I mean, I think Paul Belastic does a really beautiful job. Um, there was a there was a, a a memoir that was written by one of his um, interns or working students, mm -hmm. and he defines the seat as the solar plexus to the knee in that work, and and working with that definition has been really, 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 really wonderful for me because it lets me know, it, it, it has helped me begin to explore the driving aids without pressure from yeah. the lower leg or the heel or something yeah. like that. You know, we can influence it by the rhythm that we allow our thighs to move in. Hmm. That's very interesting. So I'm really cool. You know how you said like you love nerding out and you, and you read, you, you read a lot. Is there some kind of genre or, or what you like reading for inspiration? Like, is it the more classical tests or do you get it from more unusual sources? Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a word whore. I love. Well, I know I, do, I can tell that do, because your vocabulary is spectacular, right? And that's one of the things, this combination of observation and curiosity and the willingness to explore and be open to things. This is you. This is why I was interested in, so well, interested you know, in how you write. Because, you know, that magic that everybody look, is looking for is just being alive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's having the courage to just be alive. Yeah, and be interested. Yeah. yeah. So and, tell and, me. And, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. So tell me what what are you what are you into? What are you reading? What do you draw your inspiration from? I really love um one of my favorite novelists is Toni Morrison. I really love how she sculpts language. Yeah. Um I I I uh and and you know and you know I read a lot of I, I read a lot of 
I read a lot of horse training books mm. and, and, you know, and I think that the goal for me in, in reading in reading the training literature is how does this person's syntax make me feel? And like, if I can get the feeling that I get when I'm reading their work on my horse, then I know that I've understood what they're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And then it doesn't, then it doesn't, then I know what's useful and what's not because I'm not trying to hold an idea in my head. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm working out of the feeling that the words make me. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I know. That's how I know if I found the answer or not. Yeah. You can conceptualize the idea in feeling, not necessarily. So you can yeah. words that you read into an understanding through feeling, which is really, uh, I suppose the, I don't know if you've ever heard this term, but it's a mental representation. When oh no, I've never heard it. It's beautiful never, though. It's a cool word. <laughs> it's beautiful. When you're developing expertise, it's like, how do you, like when an expert um, just say that it, it means that it can be what you can see, hear or feel, or just know when you're looking at something. So it's, it's about building your intuition you know, that part of you and making that intuition, kind of putting that understanding whether you're on the right track in on autopilot. So you can just sense it, in other words. So yeah. if it's and, a doctor, they can just look at an x-ray and they know what's wrong with it. Or yeah. you look at that horse's back and see it's, you've got to know what it kind of looks like, it feels like, or hear whatever. It, that mental representation has to exist in your head first. So what impresses, go on, yeah, sorry. I, I think that I think that I think that what is important, you know, is that when you're not afraid of time, you mm -hmm. have a lot of time. Mm -hmm. And when you and when you have a lot of time, you're able to cultivate trust. Mm. Yeah. You know? And like and like I trust I I I I trust horses. I yeah. trust what yeah. horses tell me. Yeah. You know? And so like with that Missouri Foxtrotter, like, like we were able to gauge, we were able to create a, a system of communication with him where he could tell us on any given day how much pain he was in in the beginning by how long he stood on his surefoot pads. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so if he was on for a really long time, we knew that it was going to be a rough day. But yeah. it's also understanding that like when you're in the right direction, sometimes shit gets really hard mm. and, and, you know, and, and like anything that's dead coming back to life, it hurts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of pain. Yeah. You know, I and mean, and so like, if he's like, I mean, and there were moments when yeah. he, he would, he would move and he would feel really good and he'd go for a romp. And he would be gimpy for he'd be gimpy for three days. But I'm yeah. like, this is really good progress because he's feeling good enough to romp. He wants to yeah. go and do that. He wants yeah. to move. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, so now we're we know that we're in the right direction. And like, and like it was really, 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 really interesting because like as he started getting better, he had two pretty gnarly colic episodes, which apparently he had never had. And then when he was on the other side of that, 
it was like he let go of it, he let go of the dysfunction because then the progress was just like a plane taken yeah, off. It was that? magnificent. Yeah. So it's like the message that I'm getting from you is time and it is also having to, you know, push through. It's not necessarily pretty all the time. There's that. Push through and sit with. Sit with. Okay. Yeah. Sit, sit with. with sit you with know, and accept. It, yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it's a huge it's a huge amount of acceptance. I mean, yeah. because then because the thing is is that like you can be pushing a horse physically beyond what they're able to give you emotionally yeah. and you're causing more of a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, because then they're starting to pair, they're starting to associate healthy movement and and giving yeah. more of your giving more of their body in a healthy way with a mental tension that's creating a neurosis yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying <laughs> yes. so, like, so you can only push them as far as what they're emotionally capable of yeah and you can some, push them more horses, physically but some, not emotionally. I mean, like that horse he sat you know he sat for a year and a half and his person was like his person was like he would look at me when i went out to feed him like what is going on? And she'd say, I'm, uh, I'm looking for help. And, and like, we were able to, we work well together and he was willing to work with me. And it's been eight months, Mohawk, it's been almost four years. Yeah. You know, mm. and each in their own time when we're not afraid of time. Yeah. Because, and when we're not afraid of it, like we really begin to see the world from their perspective. And then how they process information and, and what's valuable to them and what makes sense to them begins to be, become very, very clear. Yeah. You know, we make um, the most progress when we don't feel like we, there's too much to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you are awesome. Oh, goodness. <laughs> We're going to have to wrap it up because like I've kept you for so long now, um, but I'm going to have to write or to you again and ask you again, if I can ask you more questions after this, Nashon, but um, you have been even more fabulous than I thought you would be. Um, I have discovered a really like an absolutely super fascinating person, your ability to observe um, I I think that's what I've got. I think the the comments you've made, I've written them down uh, the comments about the back influence, like the tight back, the tight mind and how it appears in the mouth, like that kind of connection, your ability to observe the observations that you've put down kind of thing have triggered me again. I'm going to look a little closer at that. The feelings through the body, I'm going to be getting on that horse and I'm going to be feeling a lot more because you pointed them out. These are all the things I knew you were good at your ability to be able to convey an idea. Not being afraid of time. I was going to say that's my one. Time would be my one. Yeah, when you think everything lost, you're not. You're just being afraid of time, the exploration, the inspiration that you get. Um, And the answers and the answers that you find when you're not afraid of not finding them because you're afraid of time. Yes. Yes. Right. right, Needing to get them done now, never needing to find them now, you never find them. Yeah. If yeah. You leave, if you leave room for them to come and they feel safe, then mm-hmm. they show up. But I think that that's the thing is trust is consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency and reliability. Yeah. You know, like horses, horses need ritual safety from people. Yeah. 
You know, it needs to be an everyday dependable thing. It, it can't be a like a one-time ceremonial kind of a situation. It, it's a ritualistic practice, you know? Yeah, yeah they need that. Oh, I just, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just really excited. I've, I've got to go and kind of sit down and got to think about it all and, and, and listen to it again. But I've just, yeah, you've just really, really given me some awesome ideas. Um, you've revealed who, why you are so extraordinary. I can, I can see that. I can really feel that. Um, so Nashon, what can people wear? Cause I know you got a, your, your book. Um, I actually just ordered your book. <laughs> So you you take in trainings, you give clinics. What do you offer out there? <laughs> so um, life is making me grow. <laughs> yes, yes, it is kind of dragging you this way. I can see. So I'm in the process of um, of um, getting my clinic schedule together for mm-hmm. next year. Um, and um it's gonna be it's gonna be and I'm I think I'm gonna do eight clinics and the plan is to do four um four at home and then four abroad. Yeah and I'm getting all of that all of that um um cleared up right now and then when they are I'll I'll just post that on my page and and yeah. and and the contact information but um yeah, I'm, 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 I'm growing into it. It's a, it's a lot to grow into. Mm, yeah. Um, just, you kind of got this gift of being able to open minds and, and connect up bodies and reveal parts of and to, help, and to help people feel yes. and see yes. themselves in a yes. way that's not, that's not threatening. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like to make change, you know, it doesn't mean that the world has to fall apart, but like, if you want to feel better, like, here's another option. And yeah. it's your choice, you know? Yeah. Um, the ability to connect that to the horse and how you want to help the horse, it's like gives purpose and meaning behind fixing that bit of you up. Yeah. It feels it. It's necessary. If I want that horse to be able to step up and under, i got to take that bit of tension out of my body there. So I've got to deal with my, I've got to deal with, I've got to deal with the pain yeah. or the whatever that's, that's hibernating in my body Mm. and I think that this is where I think this is where horses have the spectacular ability to make human beings out of people (laughs) um you know they 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 give us permission and a path to not settle for good and to um work towards wholeness Mm. um which is authenticity which is presence which is you know the magic of life which is what being alive is yeah you know I mean and this is I mean and I don't know how it happened that horses have opened my mind up in this way but they are you know they're 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 like my guiding spirit yeah, they're able to like a they're able to draw your knowledge out of you, <laughs> and as you said, yeah. to be able to help make sense of it to influence people. Yeah, so it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, Nashon, now please stay on the line. Um. So, oh, oh, just sorry, just to commit, you've got your Facebook page, Nashon. Yeah, that's um, it. Cook horsemanship. Have you got a yeah. website? No, I, I, there, I. I 
I've had a whole bunch of people get on me about that, but I just, I, I'm just not ready for all that yet. Yeah, that's all you right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you I, use Instagram at all? No, I don't use it. I'm really, I'm very much a Luddite, you know, like yeah, I'm, I'm, that's not all a, right. I'm not a big, I'm not a big techie guy. Um, no, I, but that's I, okay. I spend my time thinking and reading and writing and teaching, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, I absolutely get it. No, so, but if you're the light, people will come to you. <laughs> they will find you. They will find you. And you've got your book as well. I have do. you got any other books on the on the table? I have another. Yeah, I have another one coming out called Horses See Us As We Are. Ooh. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah oh good okay so I'll, I'll look forward to that as well anyway hopefully we can talk again so just stay on the line uh we'll sure. finish up we'll say goodbye here to all the listeners um so thanks for listening to us everyone and thank you so much Nashon, for being on the um podcast thank you for joining yeah. us yeah thank thanks you. for having me yeah <laughs> I really enjoyed it Thank you for listening to this episode of Cantor Therapy you can find us on Facebook on Cantor Therapy Podcast and if you'd like to know more about me, Dr. Shelley Appleton, you can find out more about me on my website, calmwillingconfidenthorses.com.au. I'm on social media, Facebook, Dr. Shelley Appleton, Calm Willing Confident Horses. And I'm Kat. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Friends of Park Equine Services or Instagram at Friends of Park. If you would like to leave us a rating where you're listening to this podcast, we'd appreciate it. And... We look forward to hearing from you.